Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Your shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. talk to you about the cost of a fresh anointing. Jesus said the Father anointed him to preach the gospel. When I hear it, I know that it's a man or woman that's touched God. And when I hear it, I'm convicted. When I hear it, I'm moved. When I hear it, I know I'm driven to my knees. And there's such a weightiness about it. 
that I can't ignore it. I have to deal with it. You see, God does not give the anointing to lazy preachers, lazy Christians. He won't do it. There's a cost to the anointing where you will never again be satisfied as long as you live without seeing God at work in you and walking with you. And I, I had to travel all over the United States. Promoters got a hold of it, Christian promoters. And I, I, I traveled for, I think, two months, national television, radio television, and it went around the world and I became what some would call famous. I know what it's like to have the anointing and I know when it's lifted. I know when I don't have it. I know when the death moves in. And folks, I got so busy that there's no hunger, there's no brokenness, there's no cry. When I go into the scriptures, I look at men that God has used and there's always been a cry. Jeremiah said, I engage my heart to seek the Lord. And you'll find that there was a cry. There is nothing worse that I can think of for a man of God or a woman of God than to lose the anointing of God and be dead and have the knowledge that something is wrong. I was known around the world as a man of God and yet growing lukewarm and cold in my heart. That every kind of temptation out of hell, the devil saying, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to kill your minister. I'm taking you down. You see, when you don't have this touch, this anointing, and if you're not shut in with God and you're not serious about the things of God and you're happy with the status quo, you have this inner struggle. How do I get back? How do I get this anointing? How, how do I? Are you examining your heart like I had to do? It's not enough to be called. I'm still called. God still loved me. I think that all true ministry comes out of intimacy. I say it again, all true ministry you know it comes out of intimacy with Christ. Because the Lord said, you know the cost. You know what it's going to take. Seeking my face. Ezra set his heart to seek the face of God. Nehemiah, he hears the destruction happened in Jerusalem. And the Bible says he was overcome with grief and he set his heart to seek God. He set his heart. You'll find it all through the Old Testament. He set his heart. Because you're going to make up a mind when you get in your 50s or 60s where you're just going to retire and you're going to take it easy. God can't allow anybody to retire anymore from the ministry. If you've ever been touched, you've ever been anointed of God, you don't have time. You've got to say, God, use me. I don't care where you send me. I don't care where you want me to go, but I'm not going out with my spirit drained. I'm not going out a dry stick. I want the anointing. I want the touch of God. I'm speaking to everybody, but pastors in particular, I speak from my heart and I'm going to tell you, if you believe these are the last days, folks, have you not seen prophecy fulfilled in the last few years since going lightning speed? You hear secular world screaming that the time is up and you set your mind, you set your heart now by an act of faith, by hearing the word of God and laying hold of it. God, I hear you. 
I know that you've been stirring my heart. I know I have some issues and I want to deal with them. I want to walk with you, but I want an anointing. I want my people to know when I stand in the pulpit again that something has touched my life. There's a change in me. God does miracles when you begin to seek his face and get back to the simplicity of this and you devour this word of God and you stay there. You turn everything down. But here's Daniel now. And he said, I ate no present bread. And you're going to be fasting, friends. This won't happen until God sees something in you and me of determination. God, I want this. I will not let you go until you anoint me again. Don't miss what God's about to do. Don't miss it. God, help me. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going out clinging to Him. That this anointing is available to any man, any woman who set their heart. You're calling so many. I can feel it so strong. You're calling them. You're wooing them saying, now, in these meetings here, not another time. You've made me promises before, but now, tonight, open your heart and say, God, once again, use me. He's, he's saying, I have wooed you so many times. This time, if you pay the price, I'll open doors for you speak through you and I'll use you again like you had never conceived. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado, and I want to welcome you to Sunday service here at The Remnant. I am coming expectant today. I'm believing that God is going to do something very powerful in this service. We're going to address a key issue, and that's discord in the body of Christ. That's uh, people that are sowing seeds of division and how we can navigate through this and how we can uh, notice this and, and recognize this and understand this, that it is a plot and scheme of the devil to get us infighting and how we're going to overcome this. So please stay tuned because I think this is going to be a message that really helps us to be equipped on how to deal with this and not only to deal with it, but to have victory in Jesus Christ and not let the enemy uh, have his way. Because what he wants to do is he wants to divide and conquer. He wants to keep us isolated, but we are the body of Christ. That means hands, arms, legs, and Jesus is the head. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. And uh, I believe that this is an hour where there's a separation of the wheat from the chaff. It's a very uh, amazing time in history, and we get to be a part of it. God did not make a mistake by bringing us onto the you know, planet Earth at this time. Uh, if, if we're here and we're alive right now, it's because he knew that we would be alive in this hour. And he's given us everything that we need to be victorious in this hour. So we're going to get into that in the message. Before we do that, I just want to share a few announcements, and then we're going to pray. I am going to be uh, in Virginia Beach for the Reawake America Tour in July. I will also be in Atlanta this coming weekend. If you're in Atlanta, uh, check our, our social media pages out for where we'll be and what time. Uh, but I would love to see you if you're out in the Atlanta area. Uh, that's Atlanta, Georgia, of course. And then uh, let's see where else I'm going to be in June out in South Carolina. Uh, more details to come towards the end of June with amazing uh, people of God, Stan Lovins and Revivals for Jesus Ministries. And Jackie's going to be out there and uh, my friend Frank Shelton. So it's going to be a great time in North Carolina coming up very soon. 
Um, there's just so much. It's hard for me to remember everything. We're going to be out in New York uh, very soon in August. Uh, so if you're out in New York, we'd love to see you. We're finally coming up to the Eastern Seaboard. Uh, but, you know, I'm traveling almost every week. I'm going to be down in uh, Florida uh, this next couple of days and in Tampa area. Uh, so if you're in Tampa, write, write me. Love to meet up with you. Uh, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. And uh, it's just so wonderful to be here today, guys. I'm telling you, I feel really strengthened in my faith. God has been revealing some powerful things in my prayer time. I am not growing weary. I feel like I have more energy than ever before. Uh, I'm telling you, despite all the attacks, you know what? I've learned I don't even really take much note of the attacks as they come anymore. I don't give them as much credence because I just, you know what? Look, I'm going to continue to do this regardless of what happens around us. We're, we're going to continue to just press ahead in Jesus. We know that he is the one that calms the, the, the wind and the sea, and he's in the boat. And I, I'm not worried. I mean, look, you know, when, when they shoot us with the fiery darts, we know what the Word of God says. It says that the gates of hell will not prevail. Uh, the fiery darts of hell will not prevail against us. Um, no weapon formed, formed against us shall prosper. We're more than conquerors. So I believe the Word of God. I believe it's true. If you're going through a challenge, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through a test, if you'd like to have some ministry and you need a pastor to talk to, reach out to me, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. It may not be me, but I will uh, send someone your way that you can reach out to and talk with. And uh, we want to make sure that you're getting the ministry that you need and, and you're, you're growing in your walk with Jesus. If you've written me and by chance your email slipped through the cracks, don't hesitate to write me again. Because I'm not, uh, you know, we got a lot of emails coming in, uh, but I want to get to all of them. And if I miss yours, make sure that you email me again, and I will definitely respond to you. Because if, if I'm your pastor, I want to make sure that I'm a shepherd here and that I'm pastoring this church. And we have a lot of people that are now part of this church, that are members of this church. In fact, I think at some point we should have a formal membership and so that's something that we're probably going to be working on here in the near future is actually if you say, hey, I'm part of the remnant, that's my home church, uh, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to know about you. I want to know how I can be praying for you. And so I think that's the next step here. And so maybe we need to get something uh, where we can identify those who are actually members of this ministry. It might be something as simple as saying, hey, if you're a member, reach out to me on social media or you know, shoot me an email and then that way uh, we, can, we can start to know, you know, just because I want to make sure, look, if you're going to a different church and you listen to the message, that's fine. Um, we are the body of Christ. We're the ecclesia. And so I listen to several different people to get strengthened in my faith, and uh, that's fine. But if, if I'm your pastor, I want to know uh, so that that way, you, you know, you're being shepherded and, and, you know, you have somebody who loves you and cares about you. That's your pastor, right? I mean, isn't that cool? I mean, that's what this whole thing is about. You know, and so God is doing something new here, but it's exciting what he's doing because, I, you know, revival is new life. And God told me a couple of years ago, he said, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Things are going to get a lot different and you might not be comfortable with the way they go. But, hey, I, this is I'm in this, you know, and he sure she, he sure is in this. People are getting delivered. Marriages are getting healed. Uh, people are being healed of cancer. I see uh, all different types of miracle signs and wonders that are happening as we are going around. And you're writing me and telling me, hey, we prayed for this the other day, and I had a breakthrough. And, uh, and so I love to hear the praise reports. I also want to hear the prayer requests. And so please let us know if you have a prayer request. By the way, there's an app. If you go to toddcoconado.com and you pull down the menu, there's an app. Add the app, and there's a prayer wall on there. And that's where we're constantly praying over those requests. And then I also do a post on social media every so often and say, please put your requests below. And when you do that, 
I read every single one, just so you know, and we pray over them all. Sometimes it takes us days. That's why I don't do it every day. Uh, there's a lot of people that leave requests. A lot of you leave requests. And I just want you to know we're covering you and we're praying for you. And I take that very seriously. So thank you for tuning in. Listen, we're going to take the offering right now. Uh, I just want to pray over your finances, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for each and every person that's watching. Lord God, we, we are being obedient to what you say, which is bring the tithes into the storehouse and that you give back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, that you own a cattle on a thousand hills. You're never out of resources. There's no lack in you. And, Lord, I believe tithing is an insurance policy on our finances. And so, Lord God, I just pray that if somebody is, is, is in need right now, if there's a lack, if there's a, a fear, uh, if they're having a hard time paying their bills, I pray that you would bless them, that you take care of their need according to your riches and glory. And Lord God, that each and every need would be met, Lord God. And so we just thank you today for what you're going to do. I thank you to those that are sowing into the ministry here. We have so much on the ducat. We are fighting on multiple fronts. Uh, we continue to expand our territory. Lord God, you're doing that. Uh, it's not us, but we just say thank you. And we say, send me, I'll go. And we show up, Lord God. And so we just bless your name, Lord God. You are worthy. You are worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all honor. You're worthy of all glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want to cover right now this message. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the message too, Lord God. And Lord God, I take this message very seriously, Lord God. I pray that as we get into your word right now, uh, that Lord God, we would really understand the weight here, the heaviness of this hour, the urgency. Uh, Lord God, that we would be a people that have anguish, Lord God, that we would understand our role in this time period and what we're meant to do and how we're meant to do it. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would help us to know these things and that anybody that's walking in fear right now, anxiety, depression, oppression, confusion, that today there would be fresh revelation, understanding, wisdom, discernment, peace that passes all understanding, as you say in your word, joy unspeakable. And so I just thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I'm just so excited to be in church this morning, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, I wrote a post on Facebook this week, and this is what the message is going to be. And we're going to go through the scriptures, okay? So if you got your Bible, um, you can turn right now to Matthew 22:34. Matthew 22:34. And what I'm saying is be mindful of those who are consistently or constantly sowing seeds of division. There's a lot of people that are out there that feel it's their job, and I want to be careful when I'm saying because I love each and every person uh, that's doing this. But I feel like some people feel like it's my job or my calling to be like the town crier to call out everybody that's out. They feel the desire to call out all these people. And so you see a lot of mudslinging. And there is a time to do that. And we're going to talk about that time this morning. But I also think that sometimes uh, maybe it's that we just don't know the protocol. Maybe we haven't read the scriptures on this. Or maybe we're watching other people do it. And so we're following suit. But we have to be careful in this, okay, because if you remember when Jesus uh, was asked about, you know, should we stone uh, this individual, and he said, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. Do you remember that? And, and so what happened? They didn't stone that woman because they were all sinners, and the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all sinners in need of a Savior. And the Bible also says that, that the God is not a respecter of persons, and so nobody's better than anybody or, you know, other than that, you know. Uh, and so we got to just be, be understanding of these things. There's, I'm not better than you. Uh, you're not better than the other person. Uh, you probably have areas in your life that are sin. I probably have areas in my life that are sin. And so we have to live a lifestyle of repentance. None of us are perfect. None of us have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I am not perfect. 
Um, I do hunger and thirst for righteousness. I do have a desire to live a lifestyle of repentance and to turn from wickedness. And when the Lord and the Holy Spirit convicts me, uh, I turn from that thing. Like if God says, hey, you, you're doing something wrong, or the way that you acted was wrong, or the way that you responded was wrong, or any of those things, you know, I am open. I also have people in my life that I'm accountable to. And if somebody has an issue with me, and maybe they don't think that I have ears to hear, what they could do is come to me and say, Pastor Todd, I want to speak to you about something, but I don't want to speak to just you. Can you bring your mentor? Can you bring your elder? I will bring people that are mentors and elders in my life or people that I'm accountable to, and we can have that conversation so that there's wise counsel outside of just me and you. And so we're going to address all these from a biblical standpoint. I really believe this is a now word. And so in Matthew twenty-two thirty-four, it says this. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and this is the first and great commandment. And the second is unto it, okay? The second is like it, and it says this. It says, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, I want to stop there because that's a big statement. It says on these two commandments hangs everything, okay? That, that's like the non-negotiable for the Lord. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, and we're going we're gonna to have some other scriptures that confirm this in a few minutes, but what the Lord is saying is, look, our first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord. So if you love the Lord, then you allow the word of the Lord, which is who God is. God says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh. We know the word is Jesus. Jesus is living. The Bible also says faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. We talk about that often. And so the word of God is critical, crucial, and important for the life of a believer. Knowing the word, hiding it in your heart, studying yourself approved. You know, these are all very, very important things uh, for us to know the word of God, to be lovers of the word of God, to be equipped. And we don't even know what's coming down the pike, friends. I mean, you know, a few years from now, it could be illegal to have Bibles. We don't even know. We've seen this before. Historically, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So that very well could happen again. At some point, Christianity could be deemed hate. Uh, you know, we already see it happening with the Southern Poverty Law Center and other uh, organizations that are trying to deem certain aspects of biblical Christianity hate speech. So we already know this is the direction that the deep state, the globalists, all the haters out there, the people that are anti-God, the that are operating in the Antichrist spirit, they would love to silence the church. They'd love to silence pastors. And that's why in this hour we're seeing unprecedented things that are literally Orwellian where pastors like myself are being censored. For what? For preaching the truth of the word of God. They're trying to silence voices because they don't like the truth of the word of God because it's the truth that sets the captive free. Does that make sense? So God's biggest commandment is to love him first. But he says the second is like the first, and the second is to love thy neighbor. Does that mean just your next-door neighbor? No, what God is referring to in that is saying we got to love people. You know, we got to love, as Christians, one of the main reasons why people will know who we are is how we operate. You know them by their fruit, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. So, we, we listen, you can love somebody and still not like them. You can love someone and still not hang out with them. You don't have to hang out with everybody. Everybody doesn't have to be your friend, but you got to love them in Jesus Christ even your enemies. And that's a tough one. Uh, but if, if we can discipline ourselves and understand that Christ's agape love, the love of the Father is an unconditional love, and it's a very special, very unique type of love. It's, it's a love that doesn't have strings attached. It's an unconditional love. And if we love uh, as Christ has loved us, there is an empowerment in that, and that um, literally dismantles the assignment of the enemy. And so I've had it where people have absolutely hated my guts, and it's very hard for me because I'm a human being and I want to hook into that and, and bark back at them. 
or attack them back or, you know, it's, it's our human nature. But when I have um, been able to overcome that through self-control, because of the fruit of the spirit, self-control, and, and say, you know what, as much as I want to hate this person, as much as I want to attack this person, as much as I want to strike back, what I'm going to do instead is pray for them, bless them, and love on them. And, and that is something that uh, the enemy hates because it absolutely dismantles the attack of the enemy. And by the way, that attack of the enemy is meant to take you down, believer in Christ, okay? When somebody is attacking you, if you attack back and you hook into that assignment, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be accused. They're going to say, ah, look at that person. He's supposed to be a Christian. Listen, I'm speaking from experience here, okay? And I'm not saying that I've never done this before. But when we engage in that, because that's an assignment of the enemy on you, Okay, that's an assignment on me. When, when, when somebody is attacking us and then we attack back, and, and trust me, I have the ability to do it, okay, in my humanity, in my flesh. But when we do that, that is actually what the devil wants. We're literally taking the bait. And then he's able to point the finger at us and say, aha, I got you. Look, you're supposed to be a Christian. Look at you. Look at the way you're responding. That's exactly what the world wants. That's what you know, the fake news media wants. That's what the demons want. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to be able to accuse us. So this is where it's important that we understand. That's why God is setting us up for success here and saying, look, if you love, if you, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, and then you love your neighbor, that is the weapon, hello, the weapon to dismantle the attack of the enemy and the assignment of hell on us. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So where is the love of Christ in what these people are doing? Now, I understand, and I'm going to get to it, that there is a time and an order for calling out heresy. There's a time and an order for bringing a public rebuke. But I think what's happening is, is a lot of people are just responding out of flesh, or they're maybe looking for a, a platform, and this is a way that they get followers or uh, maybe some way that you know, they distinguish their ministry. But that's not a good foundation because the greatest commandment is to love thy neighbor. So right off the bat, you're, 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 off, you're off base. You're off course. Okay, that, you know, if you're just looking to find, scrutinize every single pastor, every single preacher, every single Christian, and, and you're calling everybody names, is that the love of Christ? Because that's not what Matthew twenty two thirty four is even saying at all. So let's go down another scripture here, and this is going to just continue to color in the lines here. It's in Romans sixteen seventeen. Romans sixteen seventeen says this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way uh, that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. So this scripture takes it even to another level. It says not only watch out for these people, but don't associate with them. Keep away from them. Uh, so when you see somebody that's constantly sowing seeds of discord and division, you have every right, according to the scripture, to, to, to move away from those people. You don't have to associate with them. You don't have to, you know, try to engage them. Uh, they are going to sow their own seeds, okay, and they're sowing bad seed. And so uh, you, you can lovingly, uh, originally, in the original communication, share your heart because that's biblical, but if they don't receive it or they attack or snap back or accuse you or say you're this or that, then you have every right, according to this, to literally watch out for those who cause the divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching, which literally I just talked about two seconds ago, what the Lord's greatest commandment is and his second biggest commandment, right, the, the first and the second. And so uh, I think you have every right to pull away from somebody that's causing division. But you might want to lovingly confront them first, and that's where we're going to get to that. So some people think that they have it all figured out, and yet they don't operate in the fruit of the Spirit themselves. What do I mean by that? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's generosity, it's faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So let's go through those. Love, 
That's the one that we just talked about up there in Matthew 22, 34. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart. Love your neighbor. So you know them by their love. You know us, Christians, followers of Jesus, by their love. Now, some people say, well, Jesus, you know, there was times when he overturned the tables. Sure, that was a righteous anger, righteous indignation. Okay, but, but that doesn't mean that's where we live 24-7. For the most part, Jesus was operating in love and kindness in long-suffering, and, and that was a righteous anger. It was appropriate at that, in that setting. But he, it sees, you can't make that the whole ministry. There's a time and a place for that if the Lord strategically places you in a position or a situation where you can take a stand and have a righteous indignation and, and, and be an example of Christ in doing so. Okay, that, that was the right timing. God was operating at the right time. He was showing us that we don't need to be weak. He was showing us, yes, there is a time. Uh, when you say, hey, you brood of vipers, you know, uh, there is a time when you overturn the tables. But that, the, if you look at the entirety uh, of, of Jesus' ministry, that was a microcosm. That was a, uh, you know, a, a segment, a part of it, but it wasn't the whole thing. And we've got to make sure that we understand that. So uh, watch out for those who see division, put obstacles in the way, and you have every right to stay away from them. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to I want to talk about self-control because self-control is big. If you got a pornography addiction, you're you're lacking self-control. If you got a, an issue where you're doing something repetitively, either, you know, addiction, uh, gluttony, uh, different things that people are operating in, uh, lust of the flesh, things like that, that's because you have a self-control issue. And so we, the way to rectify that is to spend time in prayer and fast and call upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I need deliverance. I need healing. And you may want to get prayed over and have the, the elders lay hands on you uh, and pray you through this thing because you got to get it up and out. And the problem is, and I'm not saying you're demon-possessed, but if there's some type of vice or uh, baggage or stronghold or area in your life where, where you've not got delivered from, uh, it could be anger. Uh, it could be one of these addictions that I mentioned. God is, is available to heal you of that today. He wants to heal you of that addiction. He wants to give you the strength. And so you have to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when you call upon the name of the Lord in that moment of weakness and you say, God, I need your strength. And God, I want to be operating in the fruit of your spirit. I need self-control. I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time and time again. When you're about to sin, call upon the name of the Lord. When, you're about, when you know you're about to fall, when you're about to look at pornography, when you're about to do something stupid, whatever it is, pray at that very moment and say, Lord, you see me right now. I need your strength. You can also reach out to a line of accountability. That's why I think accountability is important. You can reach out to a prayer warrior that you know, somebody that may be a little more mature in their faith, and you can say, I need help. I'm in a moment of weakness, and they will pray with you and come in agreement with you, and then the assignment is broken. Does that make sense? So some people think they have it all figured out, and they're not, not operating in these, in these fruits. Here's what I advise. Make the mission about souls. Then you'll see a great harvest. What I've learned, this is a huge nugget, okay? If you follow this, you're going to be set up for success in your walk with Jesus and in life. If you're having financial problems, make it about souls. If you're having a problem with your job, make it about souls. I'm telling you, souls, when you make your mission, if you're lonely, if you say, Pastor Todd, I've been praying for my spouse for years. I feel like God hasn't answered the, the prayer. You want to know how I got the breakthrough? I started making it. I said, you know, I'm going to be a demon slayer, and I'm going to be out there getting as many people as I can save. And, and the minute I, I, you know, killed the idol, because it was an idol. I was single and it was an idol for me. I was like, when is this going to happen? When is God going to bring that right woman? And what happened was it was an idol. And when I laid that down at the foot of the cross and I said, you know what? I, I don't know why this is the way it is, but for whatever reason, I'm 38 years old. 
have not been married yet. Uh, you know, whatever the reason is, I'm just going to be like the Apostle Paul. I'm going to go out there and get as many people saved. I'm telling you, the minute I made that shift, it was like within a month or two I met my wife. It was crazy. So God is, um, he, he is, listen, he is ready to deliver on his promises in your life. But when you make it about souls, I'm telling you, it breaks the assignment of hell, the poverty spirit. Uh, if you're saying, I don't know how I can, uh, you know, God's given me big vision, but I don't know where the provision is going to come from. Make it about souls. You know, start wherever you are and make your mission about Jesus Christ. How can I be about your business today, Lord? Uh, ask the Lord for divine appointments. You know, start mentoring people, discipling people. Be about the Great Commission. You'd be shocked to see how fast the resources, the finances, and things. It seems like there's no way, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's never lacking. So you can't outgive him. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And, and when you when you say, and I'm not talking about the prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about, you know, we got to be living in mansions and driving Rolls Royces. But I'm talking about if you make your mission about the Lord's business, you better believe he's going to bring the finances in. Okay. So that's what I always say is when, when in doubt, make it about souls. Uh, here are some good scriptures that we all should read. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures right now. If you're taking notes, you can go to Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29, it says this. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So right right here, you know, the people that are saying all these hurtful things, you're, you're this, you're that, slinging mud at each other, well, you're going against what the scripture says in Romans, Romans 4.29. It's blatant. It's a blatant violation. Uh, there should be, you should not be sitting here attacking other people that are on their journey. Okay, you can edify them, you can encourage them, but don't let the unwholesome talk. That also means gossip and lies. You know, if you're lying, that's a sin. If you're gossiping, that's a sin. We're all guilty of it at times, but we got to repent and we got to do our best not to be about that because we can't let this unwholesome talk come from our lips. In Matthew 5, 9, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the of, children of God. So the thing is this, if, like, if you're out there causing division, you're opposite of being a peacemaker. If you're out there saying, you know, I want to bring these two brothers that are, that are bickering or fighting into relationship or help try to break this, and you're trying to be a negotiator or peacemaker, you're blessed. You're blessed. Okay, it doesn't mean you always got to get involved in every situation, but if God's put it on your heart or you're in a unique position. Recently, I was in a unique position where I knew two people that were of opposite, uh, you know, they were fighting each other, and I was in a unique position because I knew them both. And I said, Lord, do you want me to do anything here? And he said, yes. And so I was able to broker a little bit of the situation. So there's a time and a place, but you don't want to be a busybody and you don't want to be up in everybody else's business. Be focused on your own situation. Are you exuding the fruit of the spirit? Are you walking out your calling? Are you about souls, the great commission? These are things that are on God's heart. Are you uh, fulfilling the great commandment of loving the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength? And are you also loving your neighbor? So these are all things that we need to be asking ourselves if we're doing them effectively, if we're in line. This is going to help be determinative if we're in the perfect will of God or the permissible will of God. If we want to be in the perfect will of God, we want to make sure that we're living by all these things. Okay, if your brother sins against you, okay, if your brother sins against you, uh, this is Matthew 18, 15 through 17, it says this, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him of his fault between you and him alone. Okay, so if you're skipping that and you're going right to the public and you're saying this person is doing this, this person is doing that, and they're a believer and you did not go to them first, you are out of line. You're out of line according to the word of God because this is the protocol of the word of God. Go to the person, tell them their fault in private between you and them. If they listen, 
you have gained a brother. Okay. And that, by the way, you may not be right. Okay. You might be right, but you might not be right. But it, it's important that you find the heart of God. Something may be bothering you because you might be jealous. Something may be bothering you because you might be envious. Something may be bothering you because you, you don't really understand the situation, but it doesn't mean you're right. So you got to make sure according to the word of God, if you're even going to them with a legitimate concern. Now, if they are in sin and you go to them and you approach them and they're in sin, and they, they repent or they say, oh, my gosh, you're right, or I'm going to take this to prayer, then you've gained a brother. If they don't listen at all, here's the next step, okay? So if they do not listen, take one or, one or two along with you, and that every charge may be established from the evidence of two or three witnesses. So the next step, which, again, how often are we seeing this happening in the body of Christ? Let's just be real. A lot of people slinging mud, heresy hunters out there. What does the Bible say? The Bible says go to the person in private. Then they don't listen, you take somebody with you. So I've tried to do this sometimes, and a lot of people are non-confrontational, or they don't want to do this. They, they literally leave these two steps out, and they, step right, they go right to step three. And they, they actually use the Bible and say, well, the Bible says it's okay to do it. But you didn't do step one, you didn't do step two. So you're out of order, and you're out of line. And I don't think the Lord's going to bless it. So you got to make sure your heart's right. you got to make sure you're doing it out of love. And then you got to make sure that you're, you're, you're operating in according to the protocol, the word of God. So here's finally step three, okay? Um, it says if he refuses to listen to them, then you tell it to the church, okay? And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector, which that means, you know, let him be like somebody who's not a believer because basically they're not a believer because, you know, see, the, the, our salvation is not based upon a political movement or political party. Our salvation is based upon if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. So I want to be careful here because you, you might be a Democrat watching and you think, well, this pastor doesn't like me. That's not true. I love you. But I'm just sharing from the truth of my heart. You know, these things are not political to me. These are, these are areas of sin. I mean, if you're, if you're affirming gay marriage, the Bible is very clear about gay marriage. A man cannot lay with a man. It, it says that it's an abomination to the Lord. Um, you know, there, it talks about sodomy being a sin. Um, you know, the other thing about this is that, uh, you know, there's only two genders. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And God made man and, and female. These are all spiritual things. Um, you know, the whole Marxist uh, CRT and all that, Marxism. Marxism is anti-God. It's an anti-Christ spirit. It, it, and so if you're, if you're aligning yourself with socialism and Marxism and all that stuff, that's a spirit that is not a godly spirit. You, the spirit of the Lord is not in that. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, and I'm not saying the Republican Party has it all figured out because they don't. But what I'm saying is, is as we seek the Lord and we say, Lord, can I even align with this party? Can I even align with these principles? It's hard for me to understand how anybody could be a remnant believer and not get what I'm saying, if that makes sense. So I know it's a little controversial. I know a lot of pastors aren't going to speak about this, but I'm just going to be real with you. I mean, if you've been de voting Democrat for years, I'm just asking as, as your pastor, as a pastor, how is it that you as a Christian, as a believer in Yeshua, as a believer in Jesus, can align yourself with the murder of the innocent when the Bible clearly says, thou shall not murder. Murder is a sin. Um, you know, so, and, I, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't aspects of the Republican Party today that I don't agree with, but the platform itself is not anti-God. And so, you know, you can see the direction of our country right now, how, how important it is to vote and how important it is to hold the line in all elements of society, in all areas of influence, including the government and political realm. Does that make sense? And I'm accused often, Pastor Todd, you're too political. I don't see this as a political matter. I see it as a spiritual matter. Amen? Are you with me? 
So uh, in Matthew 7, uh, 15 through 20, Matthew 7, 15 through 20, it says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You would know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good uh, tree bears good fruit, but every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So this is important because by their fruit, you know them. You can see, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the the mouth speaks. What are people speaking about? What are they learning? Are they convicted of sin? Are they are they okay with with compromise? Are they okay with you know they they go to church on Sunday, but then the rest of the week you wouldn't even know they're a believer? Um, are they angry? Are they mean spirited? I mean, all those things that we talked about in the beginning of the of the message today. I mean, you know, when somebody's coming at you like a gangster and they're saying they're a Christian, and I kind of joke about being a Christian gangster, but that's just a bold person. But I'm talking about if they're acting like they're some worldly, you know, gangster type, you know, thug or somebody that's just, you know, bullying you and, and doing it in the name of Jesus Christ, that's not Christian. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, do I need to read the, read the fruit of the Spirit again? So you got to, you know them by their fruit. Now, there are some people that have got off course. There's some people that are deceived, and we have to pray for those people, but that doesn't mean that we have to be aligned with those people or that we have to be doing life with those people. We can separate ourselves from those people. And I know it's harder if they're family members, but... You know, by, by their fruit, you'll know them. What are they doing? What, what, what do they do with their life? I mean, is there fruit in their life? Are they discipling people? Are they mentoring people? Are they laying hands on the sick? Are they in the word of God? Do they, do they hunger and thirst for righteousness? Are, they, are you seeing fruit out of their ministry? You say, well, I'm not a pastor. Hello, I'm not saying, God didn't say you got to be a pastor to do ministry. Every one of us is meant to do ministry. Every one of us is meant to be about the Great Commission. Everyone is meant to make disciples. Everyone is meant to lay hands on the sick. Every one of us is meant to be an intercessor. So you don't have to be a minister or a pastor. Okay, now if you have a five-fold ministry gifting and you're called to the ministry, that's different. But I'm just saying, just because you're, you know, somebody who says I'm not in the ministry, that doesn't mean you're not meant to do these things. And it doesn't mean that you're not meant to exude the love of Jesus. And, And you're not, you don't get a pass. I know some people say, well, I get a pass. No, you don't. You don't get a pass. All of us are going to stand before the throne one day, and we're going to have to answer to God for our actions. And not only that, but the wages of sin are death. And if we're in unrepentative sin now, in other words, if we're in repetitive sin or unrepentant uh, sin, and we're continuing to do it, listen, there's going to be a consequence to that sin. That's an open door. You say, well, how can I live sinless? Well, you can't. But when you when you recognize there's an area of sin and you continually um uh, Allow that sin, that area of sin in your life. I know I talk about this a lot, but that's because this is important. This is holding you back from the entirety of what the Lord has for you. The Lord has something powerful for you, but he's a good father and he's patient. He'll wait until you're willing to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm almost done here. Psalm 37.1, it says this. It says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and weather uh, like a tree, green herb, uh, herb. Excuse me. Uh, trust in the Lord and do not uh, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. So what this is saying, and I know I kind of botched that, uh, but I'll read it again. Fret not yourself before, uh, because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land 
and befriend faithfulness. So what that means to me is that means like, don't worry about what the evildoers are saying. Don't worry about what the evildoers are doing. They are going to be exposed. They, God is, listen, God is not going to allow them to continue on. How many people have we seen be exposed in the last season? How many people? A lot, right? And so God is going to continue to expose more and more, and he's separating the wheat from the chaff, and things are very, becoming very clear, and you can see who's in Christ and who's not by their fruit. And this separation, I believe, is going to continue. But, you know, don't worry. We don't spend all of our time being consumed about what some evildoer is doing. And we're missing what God has in our life. Does that make sense? If we're consumed about what some evildoer is doing, we're just night and day trying to make it, you know, oh, my gosh, look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. i got to expose. i got to expose. You're off because you've missed the mark. You're not about their great commission. You're not about the main mission. The main mission is souls. The main mission is to be out and spreading the truth of the word of God, getting people saved and set free and healed and delivered. We're not meant to be the punisher. That's not our role. Our role is not to go out there and be God's punisher. Okay, God will punish those. Okay, he will. If, if somebody has sin in their life, or they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. Trust me, it's all going to come to roost because they're, they have sown bad seed. We don't have to be the enforcer. We don't have to be the punisher. It doesn't mean there's not a time to confront. It doesn't mean there's not a time to call out, but we went through the protocol. And, and people are skipping to number three and number four without even doing number one and number two. And so the, this has become like a new thing. I, I mean, I know it's been going on for years, but now it's like, you know, everybody thinks they, they're meant to call everybody out. You know, that's not what this is about. And, and the world is watching, by the way. The world is watching. And so I want to encourage you, you know, to go back to that greatest commandment, love the Lord thy God. When you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you're spending time in the secret place, you're being recharged and refreshed and renewed and dying in your flesh daily and not being conformed to the things of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you're living in that place, that secret place, and you have a true relationship and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to exude the fruit of the Spirit. You're going to exude the love and the gentleness and the long-suffering. It doesn't mean we're not bold, and it doesn't mean we don't confront sin, and it doesn't mean we don't call things out. But we are taking everything to prayer, and we want to make sure that we're operating in accordance to the will and the, and, the, and the ways of the Lord and his scripture, because the world is looking for something to hang us up on. The Satan is looking for something to accuse us of, and they are looking more than ever because, I'm telling you, people have dirtied up the name Christian. And maybe you were hurt in a church, or maybe you've had somebody that's hurt you. And I just want you to know this is a safe place for you. Uh, we are not going to attack you. We're not going to come against you. We're not going to malign you. We're not going to be rude or mean-spirited to you. I'm not, my job is not to sit here and point out all your flaws. My job is not to sit here and be like a Mr. Detective trying to find everything you're doing. God sees what you're doing. God knows what you're doing. And you got to repent, just like i got to repent. But the wages of sin are death. You're going to have to deal with every area of sin and every area of compromise in your life. And so that's not my job to enforce. I'm not like the God police, you know, that's out there like, okay, let me write you a God ticket. You know, like, God's going to do that. <laughs> that's not my job. Now, there is a time where you issue a public rebuke when, when you've gone through all the, all the different channels of protocol and, and the Lord's saying, look, as a shepherd, Pastor Todd, uh, people are being hurt by this, you know, false teaching or, you know, you need to address this because there's many people that are being deceived by this. There might be a time when I say, hey, look, you know, I mean, like, I'm not, personally, I'm not a prosperity gospel person, but that doesn't mean that every person that's de like deemed prosperity gospel, some of them are my friends, they're not all heretics, they're not all, you know, you got to go case by case. And that's just, you know, it's like somebody said to me the other day, well, you think Bethel's demonic. I mean, I think that's a broad brush. You got to talk about an individual. 
and their ministry and what they're up to, and then we could look at what they're up to and see if it's sacrilegious or if it's in, in, in accordance to the Word of God. Like, I think that people are painting a lot of people with a broad brush. And we got to remember, there's no denominations in heaven. And so each and every person is going to answer for everything that they're doing. And if they're unrepentant, that, that's going to be an area that they're going to have to answer to. And uh, the wages of sin are death. And, and a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And the church to Laodicea is spit out. We don't want to be the compromised church. And so I'm all about calling people out and calling things out. But we really want to call the sin out. We don't want to attack the person. We want to call the sin out. And that's where it's important. But we also have to do it in love. And so maybe somebody's hurt you or they've come against you, or they, they've gone outside of protocol, and this has been an area that you've been really hurt. I just want to repent to you as a pastor today for somebody that's hurt you. And I want to say I'm sorry that you've been hurt in the body of Christ. God never meant that. God is a good God. He loves you more than you'll ever know. And uh, I'm telling you right now, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. If you're a prodigal or you said, I got so hurt in that church, I never want to step foot in a church again. Well, I'm so glad that we found each other. My job is to point you to Jesus. My job, it's not about Todd, it's about God. Pointing you to Jesus and, and, and showing you that he's true. And his Bible is true and he's real and he wants to encounter you. And he wants you to have a good life both here on earth and in eternity. And that means that we have to stand by the entirety of the word of God and walk in the full counsel of God, know the word, and go deeper in our faith. Amen. So let me pray for you right now. And I just want to pray against this spirit of division that's trying to come against you or the body of Christ right now. So, Lord, we just want to pray that, Lord, that this message, I hope that it would encourage people and I hope that it would strengthen them in their faith. And I hope, Lord God, that this would help, too, against some of the division and all the accusation and the mudslinging. And that, Lord, you would just... Um, bring conviction and repentance in this area and that we would fulfill the great commission we'd also fulfill the greatest commandment to love you with all of our heart with all of our mind with all of our soul with all of our strength and to love our neighbor which means every person to love people and to have long suffering and to be people that are that are uh that have self-control and gentleness and kindness and, and exude your love so i just thank you in the name of jesus hallelujah Listen, if you've listened this morning, you say, I don't know what it is, Pastor Todd, but something you said, it was powerful and it convicted my heart. Listen, that's not me. On my best day of preaching, I can't make you feel a certain way, but you know who can? The Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. And I believe that God is, is standing at the door of your heart knocking. And he says, all you got to do is let him in. So right now, what I want to do is I want to encourage you. Last week, we had uh, about 22 people, I think, that gave their heart to Jesus Christ. A very, very awesome harvest. And this week, I believe this is your time. This is the day that the Lord has signified for you to, to give your heart to Jesus. Don't wait another day. If you were to die, if you were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, you just want to make sure you say, Pastor Todd, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you, just go ahead and lift your hand wherever you are right now. And I know if you might be alone at home right now, it doesn't matter. God sees. Lift up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Todd. Let's go ahead and pray. Repeat this prayer after me, okay? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I give my life and my heart to you today. I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just did that right now, there are angels rejoicing on your behalf, thousands of angels. You've walked out of a lifestyle of sin and into the light and life of Jesus Christ. This is the first day of the rest of your life. I'd love to hear from you. Please email me or text me. You can text me. I'm actually giving you our text. 
I'd love to hear, hey, Pastor Todd, I just gave my heart to the Lord. I can pray with you, and we just bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Remnant today. I hope this message encouraged you and strengthened you in your faith. We don't want to be sowing seeds of discord. We want to be a device of unity, especially in this hour. We are a united front for Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are The Remnant. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. about funding the operations today because it's honestly my least favorite thing to talk about but unfortunately we have bills to pay and we got to do it so uh, some people have asked how do I fund the operation the Sunday church I want to tie to the remnant church on Sunday I've been watching the broadcast Pastor Todd how can I tie it so very simple go to Todd Coconato my name T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com or if that's too hard you can actually go to PastorTodd.org PastorTodd.org it'll take you here then you take the menu and you go down to where it says give okay you click on give and then here we make it so simple here best way to donate click here for easy one-time tithe offering or reoccurring payment options so let's click on that you click on that and it will take you to this page now here's where you can pick you just go here to the pull down menu right and it says tie to Todd Coconado Ministries. There's another one, tie offering. Made it very simple. Those all go to the same thing, by the way. And then we also have, by the way, monthly donations, daily show, help our efforts fighting for persecuted Christians in harm's way, donate to Todd Coconado Ministries, tie for Sunday service. And then it's all right here. It's super, super simple. So you can use any of these. And uh, the Religious Liberty Coalition's on there, the show, uh, reoccurring monthly support. It's all there, guys. So very, very easy, very, very simple. And uh, that will get you where you need to go, and it helps fund this operation. So hopefully that makes sense. Again, very, very simple right here. Uh, any questions, let me know. Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. We're able to do so many new things, powerful things. This ministry is moving. God is moving. It's